Ryan, I think there are five ways that we can connect with our children daily to keep that relationship deep, to keep that relationship real. And I want to tell you what those are. Oh, do you? On the other side. Selena's coming in hot today. Just try to keep up, people. Just try to keep up. You know what the secret to coming in hot is? You've got to make your wife do the podcast when she's hungry. <laughs> it's a real motivator. Choice. It's a real motivator. Yeah, so. we're actually recording late this week because our children, they're safe, but they were with their grandmother and they got in a tiny little car accident and it ruined our recording day. <laughs> they ruined everything. <laughs> no, they're safe. Praise God. We're very yeah, grateful for that. It's all good. Yeah. So today, yeah, five ways to connect. So you said connect deeply and I'm here. What do you mean? I'm around. I work from home. Doesn't being home mean that I am connecting it does with my not. kids. I'm in the same room with them. I can hear their little voices. Does that mean I'm connecting? <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. No. Okay. There's more that can be done. All right. Well, let's talk about that. But first, <laughs> first. if you're new to Fierce Parenting, my name is Ryan. This is my lovely wife, Selena. Selena. <laughs> I was going to do it for you that time. <laughs> I don't know. We got we to gotta nail that one later. And, uh, yeah. So we, we are the Fredericks. We spend our lives encouraging families, encouraging households in the things of God. And so welcome. We're so glad to have you. We pray that this is encouraging to you, that mm-hmm. you maybe find one or two things that can help you grow. If you want to participate, you can leave a comment in the video here on YouTube, or you can leave a rating and a review on the podcast. That matters a lot, by the way, if you're a podcast listener. So please do hit pause, leave a rating and review. We'd really appreciate that. Subscribe to the channel, a lot of good stuff. If you want to partner with us, go to fierceparenting.com slash partner. There's options there, and uh, we would love to be on mission with you if the Lord leads. Yes. So talking about five ways to connect with your kids at a deeper level on a daily basis. Mm. There are so many distractions, obviously, with our lives, let alone with our kids. And so today we just want to talk about what are some practical ways that we can really connect with our kids on a daily basis. Because I, even though we, he, he was saying, he's joking about it, but we are home most of our lives our work is from home uh we're currently in a home church situation <laughs> this is and my, this is my coffin and we do school I'm at home <laughs> so well that's morbid but um doing what i love anyways we were just having a conversation the other day it was i think in the morning and i was telling him i was like hey i just we had some friends over the night before and their kids were here and uh i said hey i just i, I last night i was just watching della our oldest and I'm just watching her talk to her friends and she just seems so confident and uh, just able to, you know, communicate mm. well and clearly. And I was just, I, don't, I wasn't like, I was surprised, but I wasn't. Because you know when you just kind of see those moments in your kids that you're just like, wow, they really are growing <laughs> and they mm-hmm. are doing more than, because we just kind of stare at them every day and you're like, are they going to grow? <laughs> Anyways, it was just, it just reminded me of the importance that no matter like how, terrible I feel at my parenting job like Mm. I don't always feel like I'm doing a great job I mean rarely do I feel like it is I'm doing a good job and usually he's the one that's saying hey you're doing a great job I'm like yeah thanks but I don't really feel like that uh it just was a reminder to me that God God is always at work in Mm. their hearts and the fact that we uh get to be home that we are in a loving marriage and just our our pure presence Mm. uh in our child's life I think showed me that it, it really does make a difference that we are there, we are engaging them with them on a daily basis. We're loving them, we're listening to them. Mm. Um, I didn't have that growing up, and I think that's where I kind of had this point of reflection of, you know, I came from a single parent home, mm. and 
my mom, you know, did everything that she could to provide for us uh, and to fill in the gaps by God's grace. Like I went to a Christian school. I was around Christian teachers that love the Lord and love to share him with their students. Uh, his mom being one of those administrators, you know, I didn't have as a secure foundation, I think, at mm. home in terms of having two parents, but I had yeah. a mother who loved the Lord and I was around, I was involved in church. I, I was around people who loved the Lord. And so that yeah. influenced me, but still like there was those insecurities and gaps. And I'm not saying that Della's not going to have insecurities because we're, we're sinners, we're broken. Uh, but I just saw a glimpse of mm. God at work in her, despite my shortcomings as a parent. So maybe that's the first encouragement for today is that just by virtue of being like in your child's life, yes, mm-hmm. and not every household has the is intact, and that's God will still use that as as He God's did in your case. Good, yes, but if you're if you're married, like just the, Jackie Bledsoe, he's a marriage writer. He has this quote, and I love it. It says, "Your marriage is the gospel you are preaching to your children," mm. and that's it. Like that's that's there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. So be encouraged in that. Um, so we're gonna go through these five really tangible ways. This is kind of on the we're piggybacking on the habits episode, which we got mm-hmm. into the the deep kind of what are the roots why are habits important how are those habits played out in our Mm -hmm. daily lives and this i think kind of builds on that because these two i think can become habits or at least yeah points of awareness i'll say yeah for parents i have a proposal okay can we start with number five sure (laughs) but in just a minute uh, i want to look at scripture uh quickly and just an overview of uh god's presence and how Mm. uh, in the old testament we see him uh, in a pillar of fire, in a tent, and mm. essentially, and then a tabernacle, and then the temple, and then in the New Tes- Testament, Christ comes down to us. We have God with us, Emmanuel, Amen. God with us. Praise and God. so there is something to be said about presence and a parental presence within our lives. Even though everything in our, in our lives is at home, we can go a whole day without actually connecting with mm. each other, with our children. And so... It says so much. Sorry, I jumped it in. It does. Go ahead. It says so much that God has chosen to relate to his people, not as a cold king, not as just mm. sovereign God, but as a father. Yeah. That we have a God who is not transcendent alone. He is transcendent. He's out over and above space and time. He is creator. He is outside of creation. He transcends his creation, mm. but he's also imminent. Mm. He is down in and among his creation. Mm. He has chosen to relate to us. That's why we even have the, us, the yeah. revelation of scripture and the revelation of Jesus Christ, the, yeah. the God-man who literally came down in and among. It's not mm-hmm. just this ethereal idea that God is around us and in us and through. No, like he was in and among and give it, give us the Holy Spirit to mm-hmm. not just float about, yeah. but the Holy Spirit is indwelling us. Mm-hmm. That is the imminence of God. So what, mod, what how does that, and I think what, what you're saying is, mm-hmm. how does that aspect of God's being, his character, yeah. show us that we are to be unto our children a a, a faint shadow mm-hmm. of how loving and present our own father is in our own lives that our father who could have been transcendent alone mm-hmm. chose not to be so may we be parents yeah. who are not just transcendent right. over and above the lives of our children right. but in and among yeah. the hearts and lives of our children the things well we're getting said. well said all right well i had an order here but he wants to go out of order so i'm just going to follow you on well which way sometimes you i go. feel like we bury the lead on these things and okay. some of these are going to be obvious and uh and but please don't hear them that way. Hear them in a way that how is God maybe asking you as a parent to think in new terms right. around some of what we're going to present. And here. also just be encouraged. If you're like, man, we are doing that. That's good to hear that what we're doing is a good thing. Yeah. That's just an encouragement. I think that goes a long way. 
All right. So the first way that we're going to explore that you can connect <laughs> daily with your children, and maybe this won't be daily, but it, it is for us right now. It is when you have little it is, ones. It is during crying and moments of vulnerability. And this mm. was going to be last, but here's what I mean by this. Someone did a study and they asked, they asked, I think, grown adults, mm-hmm. how, how much do you feel that your parents love you? And there was a scale of zero to, or one to five. Loved you as when you were a child, right? How loved do you feel by your parents? Okay. Okay. And so one was not at all. I know for sure they don't love me. Five was, oh, they love me so much. And, and three was, I kind of guess they probably love me, right? So it's a, it's a whole spectrum. And then they took those same people and asked them this question. Uh, how present were they in your pain? Mm-hmm. In those moments when you were crying, when you were maybe going through, you know, puppy love sort of breakup or something, or you had, I know that's not where we're at right now, but whatever those really visceral emotional yeah. moments were for you as a kid, were your parents there? On a scale of one to ten, and you know what they found? They found that the correlation between the, those children, those grown children, mm. feeling loved, and their parents being present in their in their darkest moments, mm. it was almost a direct correlation. Meaning that if some if a parent was absent during those painful times, that child had a high likelihood of not feeling loved when, by the time they grew up. Mm. And if parents were present during those painful times, that child felt very loved. Mm. There's a high likelihood of of the the, the them feeling loved on the other side of it. We had a very visceral example of this in our own lives. Sadly, we, if you've been tracking with us, we, (laughs) we, uh, we've, uh, we had adopted 10 baby chicks, brought them into our home. We were feeding them. This was after we ordered chicks in the winter and 10 arrived dead on our doorstep. We are batting. You know what? If we were in the major, if we were in the MLB, we would have a very average, We've lost average. 15 chicks in the last week. We are not, we are. 10 were a, not our fault. Five was our dog. We have a Jack Russell yeah. Terrier. Our baby went into the garage, opened the door, and Selena was fiddling around with car seats because we had to <laughs> move cars around. And uh, Jack uh, uh, Bentley, our Jack Russell Terrier, got in and he Just did what murdered, he's bred to do. Yeah, five chicks. He thought he was doing us a favor, yeah. but it was carnage. And, um, and so <laughs> the result, so we, Selena's like, what, should we tell the, Girls, this is, I mean, you were really upset too. I'm like angry and upset at this dog that we've, me and this dog are, we don't always see eye to eye. <laughs> we have a love hate relationship, mostly hate. He loves me, I hate him. And uh, no, don't, it's okay. He's, he's well cared for. Um, <laughs> don't comment on that. <laughs> we've had him for 13 years, so we, we have, we were on terms. Um, yeah. And so we're like, what should we do? Should we tell our girls this? And, and so we're just like, yeah, we'll, it's a lesson. They're going like, to know that five chicks are missing. Right, It's an opportunity. <laughs> They've to, named them all. And we're the ones that always say like all of parenting is discipleship. Oh so it's goodness. a moment for us to actually like oh. disciple them through this. And there so was wailing girls, there girls was weeping, <laughs> gnashing of teeth. You're, you're not wrong. I, you had, to, you had to leave to take our puppy to the vet to get his, right. I had this check. appointment for a couple of weeks and I'm like, of course, all of this has to happen and right so now. You're like, I'm really sorry, but I have to go. He has to go. And, and I'm left with these <laughs> weeping, wailing, sobbing little girls. <laughs> and so, you know, I did the thing and I was like, hey, be present with them in this. This is a time to connect with them. They're going to remember this. Yeah. This is scarring. <laughs> How can I make it not, you know, uh. I'm only joking halfway. Uh, and they, there was a lot of crying, a lot of tears, a lot of, you know, I wasn't trying to say like, it's okay, we'll get more chicks. You don't want to just dismiss it. But I said, you know what? It's sad. Yeah, and I see hard. that you're angry and mm-hmm. I, I wish I could undo it. I so wish I could, but things are not as they should be mm-hmm. in this life. It's sad. Let me just sit with you. And after about 15 minutes of that, I said, let's turn on a show. Cause I'm <laughs> half had enough. 
<laughs> distract. And no. you know, and then later on, after that kind of that initial wave passed, we were able to process because there was yeah. not any. Real and they still have tears about it. it hasn't yeah. been that long, but again, being present in their vulnerability, not just brushing them off, not just giving them a distraction, but giving them the time and space to feel mm. and to sit there with them uh, and to know that. So. Uh, number two, number two is daily physical touch, which I think crying and having that vulnerable, you know, I can bring them in for a hug. I can squeeze their shoulder. I think hand holding kisses if they're little, I don't know, maybe like kisses when they're big, uh, just tickle fights, wrestling. I mean, boys Mm. love to wrestle, uh, holding hands with your kids, dance parties, you know, dancing around. Uh, you really liked laying in bed with them at night and talking to them. So yeah, that was kind of the moment when we would connect is because they always want to, you know, when they go to bed, it's they want. There's something about wrestling with dad, like wrestling yeah. with mom is just kind of like, well, I mean, I can hold my own, I guess. But so we wrestle and we do all that. But when it comes time to go to sleep, they want someone to snuggle with them. They're at that age. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, our, our middle child is five. Our oldest doesn't really need it anymore. Our middle child, she just wants you to know that you care, basically. So, yeah. like, give her, you like, a minute and she's and, yeah. she's done. And she's <laughs> not even asleep, but she doesn't care because she got what she wanted. <laughs> but instead of just being like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm tired. And just, I'm just going to endure this because right. they'll cry more if I don't. And, you know, it's not that. Instead, God it's says that there's a beautiful like, moment that you can have here if you stopped your grumbling and complaining. Yeah. And so we, we've gone through various phases of what those moments look like. Yeah. Sometimes we'll remind them, okay. I love you. I love you this much. How much mm-hmm. does God love you? Like, you know, infinitely yeah. more. Yeah. Uh, do you know that I love you? Like asking them those types of questions is really, um, I think, helps us see what's going on in their little hearts and their mm-hmm. little minds. So that physical touch, laying in bed with them, talking mm-hmm. to them. Our first, our firstborn is just her love language is physical touch. Like she, you could carry her around on your back in a carrier, and she would just be like a happy clam. Like she just koala bears you in her hugs and. Uh, just love if she doesn't get enough kind of touch time that we call it she mopes she's she's a hard one to deal with yeah. uh so this pray for her husband <laughs> he'll be a snuggler apparently yeah, he, hopefully. hopefully he's a snuggler uh the third one is read together and i would tack on also discuss what you're reading hmm. together uh of course we would say scripture would always read scripture together such a good opportunity mm-hmm. for god to work for so many conversations um Reading aloud together as a family is a big, beautiful blessing that you can embark on every day. Pick a book outside. I mean, we argue that scripture reading should be every day in your family. Uh, On top of that, I think uh, Sarah McKenzie, she has Read Aloud Revival. I'm sure people have heard of her before and she has a podcast. Uh, But she's taught me the art and the beauty of of reading aloud and why it's so important. Um, it, It really does help kids develop a bigger picture and perspective and empathy uh she has this Mm. we can put it in the show notes uh of it's like episode 157 builds community if you want your kids to grow and succeed you know as excellent communicators she says read aloud you're feeling at odds with your kids in life like read aloud reading aloud can offer that snuggle time too right or with your older kids it can offer uh kind of everybody is just together but like they maybe they need some space, but it all it also depending on the book you're reading can uh, open conversations about hard things or things they might be dealing with or their feelings and emotions and relationships mm. and all of that. So there's a huge 
list of benefits for reading aloud and reading together as a family. Hmm. So I would definitely argue that. One of my friends, actually, she has multiple, so she has four children. And she said that at one time, I think it was during summer or something, she, each of her kids had a book that she would sit down and read with them for like five minutes, ten minutes a day. So they would each have their own book that they picked or like a novel uh, to read together. And that was kind of their uh, individual time together. So there's a lot of opportunity there to Can I interject connect. One thing? So one thing that we've done at night, it's not necessarily reading, but I would say it's similar is yeah. we would, we would kind of create our own fiction together. Yeah. They love this. Um, and so I'll start a story some, and I'll give, I'll say like pick an animal and like pick a place yeah. and that's where the story will start. Yeah. And I'll start the story. And then as I go, I will tap one of them to, and that's their turn. Like it's almost like Mad Libs where, yeah. and they have to continue the story. And yeah. then when I then I'll then I'll take the story back and I'll kind of fill in the gaps and I'll tap and they just love that 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 is that is doing some, something in their brains mm-hmm. that's more than just entertaining it's more than just yeah uh, they're engaging a, with the material yeah it's causing them to think creatively and in some ways critically yeah and, and at that time of night it's very it's a comforting thing to engage with them in that way mm-hmm. and it's it gives you something to talk about the next morning too right and may, maybe makes for some funny dreams <laughs> that's some funny dreams after this thing so. all right so the first the, one is you can do the recap sure go ahead no you go okay sorry. Uh, cry together. Sorry. <laughs> yes, cry with your kids. <laughs> Every day. Moments when we can connect. It's when they're crying or when they're vulnerable. For young kids, to young kids cry more, more than often. older kids. Uh, as the crying gets more emotional, you can meet them there. Uh, the, the second one is your daily physical touch. Mm-hmm. Obviously, read your child what, what really connects with them. But that usually looks like play yeah. and just affection that is healthy and right. Um, and the third one is read together. Mm-hmm. Discuss what you're reading. And the fourth one is laugh together and this can take on various Mm. forms you know tickle fights jokes i hear joke books joke books are pretty funny (laughs) like they're pretty money right now for some of our our friends and families um also as a parent just remember to laugh at yourself a lot that happened to me today i think i was being super serious and i was kind of angry because they were all fighting and my oldest is just like (laughs) and just like starts laughing (laughs) and i'm like oh no uh, read funny books together. You know, the Beverly Cleary series, our, our middle child is just like falls over laughing. She thinks that Ramona is just so funny. I think she just identifies and relates to her really well. Emmy is Ramona. She yeah. is Ramona. Uh, the other day in the car, I was, we were singing B-I-N-G-O, bingo, because the two-year-old had heard it and wants to sing it. And so then we started, we started spelling silly words, you know, like potty talk or some funny words. And so they were like, oh, you know, they, they thought it was it. so yeah. funny. So just laughing at that. Um, doing funny things together, things that you know makes them laugh. Uh, laughter is just such a great way to ease the tension. Uh, maybe after a day that they've had at school or whatever, uh, it's a way to break the ice as a parent too laughter and engage tr- with them. Laughter truly is magical. Just, yeah. It's magical. It disarms defenses. It connects and weaves your hearts together mm-hmm. when you laugh genuinely together. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, found, I found that the more that I prioritize kind of goofing off with them, yeah. like, it's so funny because Della, again, the affectionate one, we'll goof off, I'll play, we'll laugh with, and then she always ends with like, she just wants to like snuggle in and give me a hug. It's expressed <laughs> that like her bucket's full. Yes. <laughs> and that's just the best. So it laughing is. together, I love it. The last one is playing together. And this looks different uh, depending on the age and stage of your children. Uh, let's just be honest, like Ryan and I are like, playing is hard. <laughs> like it's I not like fun. playing, I don't like Pretending is hard because I'm not in their heads. Well, yeah, and they have all these demands. No, they have these. Well, but they sometimes (laughs) they have these expectations and demands. His favorite game to play is doctor. He just lays there, (laughs) and they uh, just take their little doctor toys out, and they're just like, "Ah, let me check your arm and your eyes." After dinner, like right before dinner, I'm like, "Girls, let's play." 
Daddy's sick. <laughs> Daddy broke his belly or something. <laughs> and I'll, I'll just lay down and they just they just love going to town. It's, now, you will get some eye jabs and you will get just beware. some bruises that yes. way. But. but I think we have to remember the importance of play. And you can just Google that. I mean, that comes everywhere. Yes. It's really the language of our children. It's how they work. They work like we do our work. They work through play. They learn about each other, about the world. Uh, I've also found that play reveals how they see you and how they see their world because... I can tell if we're having a kind of a weird week and just how they're pretending. Like <laughs> when they're pretending things that I'm like, wait a second, I think that was Tuesday. <laughs> like, so it really kind of can reveal what's in their heart. And so again, with older kids, engaging in their hobbies, participating with them, not just taking them there, dropping them off, but actually being present with them in that, uh, I think is is huge. Didn't they, weren't they mimicking you the other day? They're like- They're always mimicking me. Lou, stop that right now or something. <laughs> it Probably. Was, it, it was like verbatim, like the way that you, like your knee jerk reaction at times. She doesn't understand <laughs> or does chooses to not listen to the words. Our no, youngest please is stop. Just a little. She is a, what is her she is name a house mean? elf. She's Louis- a house elf. <laughs> Louisa means what? Like warrior. It means, well, in the Greek, the verb luo <laughs> means dis- to destroy or yeah. to loosen. And that is her to a T. Like, That's her. She destroys. She's our little, little luo. Little but we Louisa. love her. We love her. So. Again, just to recap, being crying children are the first one. Crying children are an opportunity to uh, show them that you are there with them, that they can be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. that you're a safe place for them. Uh, The second is daily physical touch. So hugs, snugs. Uh, and all kind of tickle, all kinds of tickle fights. Uh, third one, read aloud together, read, engage, be together. Fourth one, laugh together. Um, fifth one, playing together. And you can probably see the overlap with all of those topics, but find a way mm. in your day uh, to do at least one of these things. I think you can easily do all five, but maybe we're, that's a high, a high bar. Yeah, I think the key is, yeah, the habits, mm-hmm. the rhythms that you create as a household, yeah. the margin that you create yeah. for these moments to unfold. Now, if our kids are going every which way all the time, now, if you have old ki- older kids, they're in their late teens or, you know, 16, 17, 18, it's going to look very different. Right. But you're still the parent. And they still need to connect with you and they mm-hmm. still need to feel that that trust. But obviously it's, it's changed. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we, we can create a space that is conducive to mm-hmm. these types of genuine connections. And here's the, the, the promise in that is that they'll bear good dividends into mm-hmm. the years and generations to come. And that's not to say that it's the silver bullet, that if you just hug your kid more, then he'll just show up, show up. Right. Perf- Cause they know perfect. when you're hugging them and you're not, you're kind of just like, Ooh, just, yeah. You know, okay. And just, okay. Bye. Like just a little pat on the back kind of thing. Right. But there's they, a softness of heart yes. that comes along with Absolutely. connecting with your child that they will, that they are sensing whether they articulate yeah. that or whether you notice that or not, there's a softness there yeah. and an availability there mm-hmm. of not just you being present, but being with them. Yeah. It's very, very different. Yeah. So be encouraged, mm-hmm. like find one way that you can maybe grow in these. I know I can grow in all of them. Um, especially when I'm tired, especially when I have tons to do. When you're crying and vulnerable. Especially when they're not listening the way I want them. Yeah, when I'm crying and vulnerable. <laughs> Selena neglects me when I'm crying. I go to the marriage Deal with side it. of things to learn about that. So Selena, why don't you pray us out and we'll call okay. it an episode. Uh, God, thank you for the gift of being a parent. Thank you for the blessing of our children. Holy Spirit, help us, help our, open our eyes, open our hearts and our ears and our minds to uh, opportunities of how we can connect with our kids and 
may we not put expectations on ourselves, Lord, but may we just rest in uh, the journey and the path that you put ahead of us. And may we just walk it faithfully. Mm-hmm. We love you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, this episode of Fierce Parenting is... We can. And we'll see you again in about seven days. So until next time... Stay fierce.